You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Okay, everybody, before we get into today's episode, I'd love to take a moment to recognize our show sponsor, Jane, an all-in-one practice management software. The team at Jane knows how essential privacy and security are for your clinic, and they're committed to keeping your data safe. With Jane, you can rest assured knowing Jane is HIPAA compliant and your data is encrypted with bank-level security and backed up on secure servers. Jane also makes it easy for full access users to set staff roles and adjust the level of access your team has to your schedule, charts, billing, and other clinic-wide settings. This helps maintain the privacy of your client's data while ensuring your staff can still access the information they need. If you're curious to learn more about privacy and security with Jane, head to jane.app slash medical aesthetics to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. Don't forget, you can also mention my code NURSECEO at the time of a sign-up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. All right, let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, I have uh, Diane Sieg on with us, uh, who is from Diane Sieg, um, (laughs) and that is your business. So, Diane, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Katie. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so why don't you start out by giving us a little bit of background of you as a nurse. Um, what kind of nurse are you and and how did you get started in what you're doing now? Okay. So I worked in the ED for 23 years, mostly the ED, but we all know that when you work anywhere in, in hospitals, you work everywhere. So I worked down, I did some work in ICU. I did some work in outpatient cardiac rehab and, but, but my, my true love was the emergency department. And um, I did that for 23 years, but during that time, I was always had a, a real uh, attraction for health and fitness. So, you know, I taught aerobics and I, I did classes and, um, and, and I actually got certified as a coach to do um, weight management and risk factor modification and stress, managing stress. That's what we called it in the eighties, you know, <laughs> stress management. Um, and so I was, I always had kind of my foot in both, which sounds kind of extreme, you know, fix them and then that the whole prevention, but the prevention really called to me. And I remember exactly the day I decided that I um, wanted to, to do something a little bit more serious with my uh, whole prevention and proactive around health and fitness. I, I went to a conference, a women's conference, and there was a, a, a speaker there who was a nurse and her business was called Life Balance. And my business, which it still is called, is Personal Balance. And we had a lot of parallels. So, And she did, a, of course, a beautiful job with her topic. And I, I went up to her afterwards and said, are you making a living at this, at this speaking? And she said, yeah, I am. And I said, well, I want to take you to lunch. So I, um, that was the beginning. And that was uh, 28 years ago. And I say, and her name was Mary Laverty. And she was a wonderful friend and mentor and support a lot of what you do, Katie, in, in your business with, with nursepreneurs, because we were pretty cutting edge then. Uh, nurse, there weren't a lot of nurse speakers around at that point in time, or, or even nurses going into their own business. Things have really evolved, which of course is, is fabulous. So I, yeah. used to, um, I used to tell Mary, you know, I bless you and I curse you. 
um, sometimes in the same moment, in the same day, because it's been a very interesting ride, uh, learning a lot, as you know, Katie, and anybody else out there who is uh, running their own business or learning how to run their own business. And so that is what, where I, I got started. And I, I worked in the I worked in the emergency room I, until about maybe 15, 16 years ago. Actually, eight now it's 18. So for the first 10 years of my business, I still worked a little bit in the in emergency department because I, I actually loved it. I loved the team I worked with. And um, and of, of course, the stories were so great. I used the stories and my experiences. You can't make it up any better. But when I, I find, when they find HR finally said to me, you know, if you're only going to come, you know, once a month, because I was per diem, you're, you're going to have to make a decision here. So I left completely. Um, and my topic was stop living life like an emergency, which is still, of course, um, relevant today, <laughs> as, as it was in 2000 or in 1996 when I started um, this business. So it's evolved, you know, I, it used to be called work-life balance and then it was stress management and then it was, you know, mindfulness and then it was uh, resilience. And then post COVID, I don't use the, the R word any longer because everybody's sick to hear of, of hearing it. So now I, I, I call it well-being, and I have developed a, a well-being program uh, that I created specifically for nurses, but it, it also can be used at it anyone it actually could be used by anyone anywhere but I'm really focused I foc I've always focused on healthcare, and this and I was fortunate enough to do a pilot with a client of mine we have an IRB study that will be published next year and it it combines everything I've done over the years it combines my speaking and training and coaching in a um, formal eight-week program and it's been such a gift in in so many ways because as you and I both know you have to continue to learn and grow when you're an entrepreneur and expand and get very clear. And what has been so um, amazing to me in this process of creating it, refining it, studying it, analyzing it, changing it, um, is I've gotten to see the progress, not only of the program, but of the people. And, and really, I've never in, in my entire career have gotten to follow people because even after the eight week program, I still support them monthly on, on group calls and to see their transformation. It's the, it's the, the most exhilarating and powerful and I think impactful work I've ever done. So it's, um, and I could talk to you about this for probably five more days, but I won't <laughs> um, give you any more information because I know you have a, you have some things you want to talk about. That's, that's kind of been my journey, but it's, uh, here's here's one thing about that I didn't understand that I understand today more than ever is that every experience we have you know as as nurses it, you know in the traditional work as well, well as non-traditional and and everything in between the one thing we have to do is keep learning and growing we just have to keep our own personal and professional growth always at the forefront it's so important because that's that's how that's how we get to love what we do every day. No matter what it is we're doing, we have to continue to learn and grow, which is is really a you know a big foundational principle of the the well being coaching program that I lead and any of the well being programs I lead because otherwise we get stuck, we get stagnant, we get um, you know bored, tired, you know overwhelmed, burned out, whatever the word you want to use. We're not the best we can be. 
So yeah, I agree. And I would say that was the, the main thing that drove me out of the hospital was because I constantly need to learn something and do something different. I can't come in and do the same thing every single day. Like I need to find problems and solve them. And my hospital didn't appreciate that, you know, <laughs> or at least they were like, you know, all right, enough with, you know, coming up, finding problems and solving them. Just, you know, do you do what we tell you to do. And that, that like crushed me. It crushed my spirit. Like I, I had a hard time with that. Well, that, that, that was a big loss for them. And they didn't even know it because that's, we need that kind of in, innovation and creativity and, and really an interest and drive now in our profession more than ever. And that's a shame they didn't, you didn't share visions, but good for you for realizing that, recognizing it. Yeah. So what, um, going back a little bit, so you worked in the ED for 23 years, which I have to say, you know, the one, thank you for doing that because that was like the one area that it's pure chaos in the ED, my perception um, of it. And you never know what's going to walk in the door. And I find that terrifying. <laughs> and maybe I think the ED nurse is like that because they're like, you never know what's going to walk in the door, but, um, <laughs> or be dragged in the door or whatever. <laughs> um, but so you worked in the ED and I get that too, uh, you know, where it, it's kind of hard to leave. You have one foot in the door. Uh, I think most nurses like to have three or four jobs uh, that they kind of juggle around and, and you know, at least know there's some sort of security blanket, I think, for us that, you know, if this place doesn't work out or I get tired of them, I've got all these other places that I can just slip in very easily and, and not lose any income. Um, but the do you think that if they hadn't kind of pushed you to say, like either come in more often or or not, you would still be working in the ED at this point? No, 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 I do not. It came at a really good time. If you can even imagine, uh, they were just getting order entry. Now, this was a rural hospital in Estes Park, um, Colorado, in the mountains, which I loved living there and I loved working there. Um, and we got everything, but we shipped everything out. We didn't keep, keep people very long because we didn't even have a ventilator at the time, if you can imagine. We just had just in the OR. So they were just, so the computer was um, was coming and it actually, oh, order entry. I know, I know it's amazing. Now you think, God, really? She's like a dinosaur. But <laughs> no, I remember the transition. It was horrible. <laughs> and, and of course, if you're only not working very often, then it's even more horrible because you don't ever get any any practice time. So, um, and, and then some things changed in my life, my personal life, and I ended up leaving Estes Park and coming back to Denver. So yes, no, I do not think. And, and quite frankly, um, you know, the, the physical, I don't think I could I, really, I mean, now I don't think I could do it physically 12, you know, 13, 14 hour shifts because it is constant. There is never, you know, you don't get a, you know, a, we don't even like to say slow. The quiet time is usually pretty pretty much non-existent and and it's everything has changed so I miss it I miss the teamwork I miss um I just miss I was very stimulated in the emergency department which is probably what you did not like about it because it is a it is I mean there's no control you, you've got to totally give up control you've got no no control but I just like the I like the variety and working in a small town um you know, some things got really old because you see a lot of repeaters that just keep coming, you know, the frequent flyers with the same issues. So they're not really willing to make any changes in their lives. They come up, come in with the same, you know, DKA or 
you know, cirrhosis or GI bleed or whatever. And that, that got frustrating because it's like, wow, here we are again. We're having this thing. <laughs> we didn't make any improvement. Um, so well, you had, you yeah. went to this conference and you met, it's Mary, right? Um, and you took her to lunch and she told you about the world of speaking. Um, I mean, did, did you uh, like immediately go out and sign up for speaking or how do you even, how do you go from that conversation to having a speaking career? That is really a great question. Um, and I, I did skip over that. Uh, so the best thing, if anybody out there or yourself um, and, and you're not aware of, if you want to speak and, and really quite frankly, I would just, I would really encourage any, any uh, nursepreneur to join their local speaking chapter. So there's NSA, National Speakers Association, and then almost every state, and I bet, and many states have more than one, like big states um, have way more than one regional. They have ch um, state chapters of National Speakers Association. So National Speakers Association of Colorado, which is where I went. And I just found that, the, well, the whole um, philosophy of the, organization is one of support and generosity and and you know we we lift somebody else up it elevates all of us up so it's very non-competitive and I learned so much I mean I remember going to the first meeting and of course it was terrifying because I was thinking everybody here is a professional speaker except for me and of course it's not true because everybody is on the journey and it, once you, if you ever think you're done, it would be like thinking you're done in your nursing career that you know everything, um, then, you're, then you're sunk because everyone is continuing to grow and learn. And I had so many mentors and such levels of support, not just to learn how to speak, but to learn how to market and to learn how to create, um, tell stories and to learn how to create powerful um, PowerPoint presentations and all the things not to do. And of course I did all of them. All of, I made all the mistakes that um, a, a beginner speaker makes because you don't know what you don't know. And I am not as involved um, as I used to be in the National Speakers Association or the State Association, but that is just such a rich resource for um, so much wisdom. And then you get to, you know, you get to know that you're not the only one that feels like you're going to throw up before you get on stage, <laughs> whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, the whole sales and, you know, what it looks so, it's like watching, you know, anybody, a comedian, an actor, an entertainer, they make it look so easy. Yep. And course, that's the, that's what we, we don't want to look, you know, be up there, look like, looking like the struggle, but there's right. a finesse to speaking in front of people. Um, and so that's really, and that's what Mary's um, suggested the first thing that I do. And then I had, I had lots of coaches. I took lots of classes. I went to lots of conferences and I did a lot of things that, um, you know, that were, were not the right thing to get, just get clear and clear and clear about your message. But here's the one thing, if you're, and this, I would, and I'm sure you say this, Katie, in your coaching, you know, you've got to do something, you've got to speak on something, write on something, create something that you have a passion for. Right. Because not important to you that will just come through if you if you think it's a topic that you should be talking about or it's needed that isn't the topic uh, or the or the business or the focus that you need it's it's really what what is what do you have a true passion about in your heart because you know you and I both know that working for yourself has so many advantages and it is, um, it's a real commitment on so many levels and uh, you will learn and grow in ways you couldn't imagine. 
and it's hard work. It is not yes. the way to go. So if it's not important to you, um, you won't last. And a lot of speakers, you know, come and go and including all my circle that there are very, just a couple of my circle. And this was of course back in the nineties that are still speaking because I don't think, um, I mean, for a number of reasons, but it's, you know, it's gotta be something that's important to you. And that's what, that's what will fuel the, fuel the fire and the energy and the focus, all those things that we need to be successful. Yeah. Now, did you uh, get paid for all of your gigs or was that something that you had to kind of grow into or, uh, you know, how do you even broach that? Because, you know, that whole market, you, you can see if you go on like the National Speakers Bureau, you see some people are making like 200 bucks and some people are making 200,000 bucks for a talk. And, you know, that would be your Obamas and stuff. But um, like, how do, you, how do you price that kind of stuff um, and value what you're providing um, and at what point do you do that? Sure, and that's a really great question. And of course, I don't have a specific answer for you, but I want to differentiate a couple of things. Okay. The National Speakers Association is an association of speakers at any level. Um, and you can, you can go to get as a guest for the rest of your life. And that's where you learn the craft of speaking, of sales, of marketing, of storytelling. Um, and of course, pricing is part of that and packaging. And people are very generous to share their, as I was when I um, when I got a little more experience. The Speakers Bureau are like a broker. So if you think of a bureau as like a realtor that help, you know, that that has a buyer or a seller. But um, so bureaus are a different story. That isn't for today. But bureaus, which really um, are great if you get bureau. Um, representation, but it's not really necessary anymore because of the internet. Now we can promote ourselves. We don't need somebody else promoting us. And that, that is when you are a professional as a bureau, um, to work with a bureau. And when clients are, you know, are looking for you and they go to the bureau, that's kind of a different conversation. So back to the um, charging, the only way you get better at speaking what do you think, Katie? The only way you get better at speaking is keep doing it. <laughs> speak. So absolutely. I, I spoke and I still speak. I spoke to a rotary. Well, I guess it was in spring, but you know, the rotaries, the optimist clubs, the PTAs that, you know, nurse associations, absolutely to get, that's the only way you can get better is, and, and, and to get good and to get clear and to really hone your message um, is when you are speaking for free. Now that, uh, you know, pricing and when and how depends on so many things. And, and of course, a lot of nurses already are used to speaking. They're used to presenting. They presented at conferences and it's not going to be brand new. But presenting at a conference, a paper or um, a breakout is a lot different than speaking, um, you know, a, a keynote, opening or closing. It's also a lot different than creating a whole program, which is what, I, you know, what I have done. So um, I don't have a hard and fast rule of when you can start charging, but I would say that it takes some time to hone your message and get really clear. And to just talk about one thing instead of 1700, which is what we normally do as um, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we're trying to talk about too many things and get really clear. And there's, you know, there's a passion that everybody has that they want to talk about and write about and, and teach about. We all have unbelievable wisdom as nurses in our- Yeah, so uh, um, how did you choose your niche? Or was that like hard for you to do to kind of narrow it down? And did you need a lot of help with that? Or was it just kind of obvious from the get-go? 
No, it was not obvious because I wanted to go, I wanted to go corporate. <laughs> I want, I didn't want to, I was done with healthcare. I wanted to move out of healthcare and into corporate. And I had a coach and, and I was a coach. I, I was a coach myself. And I just thought, and my, you know, my business was personal balance. I just thought that was fascinating. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. And so he, uh, he said to me, what do you think is more interesting to people? Uh, if, you know, a coach who talks about um, stop um, this before my book even, or, um, or an emergency room nurse. I mean, what do you think is going to be more? And of course, um, it wasn't that interesting, but to everybody else who's not one, it is quite interesting. So I, I, I spent a very short period of time in the, in the corporate world and came back to the people that I know. So the niche, my niche has always been healthcare and, and mostly nurses. Uh, a few physicians, a few ancillary, but mostly nurses. And then I, um, I mean, I, I really believe we teach what we need to learn most. So guess what? Guess who's a type A personality in the emergency room? That would be me. <laughs> guess who is, you know, impatient and, and, and stressed out and all those things that I was teaching, I needed to learn myself. So I had a real passion for it. And I also had instant credibility because I I know them and I can speak them to, even today, even though I've been away from the bedside because that's all I work with. So you, you don't have to pick nurses and you don't have to pick healthcare as your target at all. Just be really clear of, of why and, and, and then, and then go deep. And that, that, that's, I think that's in any, I mean, don't you agree, Katie, you're saying yeah. whatever you do, you can't be everything to everybody. And, um, and, you know, the, what we used to call as generalists. Oh, you want that? Yeah, I can talk on that. You want diversity? Yeah, I can talk on that. Oh, oh, oh you want, um, you know, leadership? Yeah, I can talk on that. It Getting really clear about what's most important to you because you got to do it for yourself first. And then, um, and so it's a, it's a process. I, I'm sure your business has, has evolved and taken on life of its own since you started it, right? Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's not obvious. It's not, and, and and that is probably one of the biggest challenges I think of running your own business is not getting caught up and distracted in the shiny, you know, the shiny objects in front of you because there's a million directions to go and there's a million ways of doing things and, and right. it's to work for you and your life and and what's and your values and what's most important to you. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, cause I do get a lot of nurses that come to me and they've, they've been an OR nurse an ED nurse and ICU nurse. And then they went to outpatient, then utilization review and this and that and the other thing. And they're like, how can I pull it all, bring it all together? And I'm like, you, you can't like, <laughs> you know, what, what, what was it that you liked about all these different roles? Right. Like, and you're talking about that niche and it's something that I was teaching my master's students too. When I was the director of the acute care nurse practitioner program, I had one student in particular who wanted some guidance. And I said, yeah, my best advice to you is to find something very specific and become a master of it. And she went into cardiovascular ICU and became a master of ECMO. And just recently they have asked her to like develop and run an ECMO program. Like she's the ECMO expert of the entire hospital system. Like that is her thing. Um, but she's completely set up to, to do like, she could take that in so many ways now. Um, and being that expert on that one topic, uh, it feels like you've um, eliminated all, a lot of other options, but that's awesome. Like <laughs> you need to do that. Absolutely. And you, I think you make such a good point is that I, I find that nurses, and I would speak for myself, 
as an ED nurse, I like lots of options. I like lots of space. I, I don't want to get too, you know, drill down too far because that, that will then eliminate some other possibilities or other avenues. But that's exactly what you do want to do. You want to be known for. I am known for what it used to be, you know, it used to be stress and resilience. Um, and now it's I, I want to be known for well-being, not, not even wellness, well-being and, and um, self-leadership, which is, is my major skill, not self-care, but self-leadership. And so oh, I like that. But that, but you know, I've been doing this for 28 years. It took me a long time. I that didn't come, you know, did I mean I thought I was gonna go corporate for a while. So it's a it's an evolving journey and it's um no overnight successes. So you learn a lot along the way. And the truth is, you know, my my dreams and goals and vision for what this is going to be are completely um different. And and I wouldn't have been ready for what I thought I wanted anyway. I wouldn't even right. want that. So you don't even know what you don't know, which is the exciting part and sometimes the grueling part too. <laughs> right. So yeah, I want to hear more about the well-being coaching program and the self-leadership because I, I like that a lot because your topic is nurse burnout. And I have a lot of people that come and they want to talk about nurse burnout. And I'm like, well, you gotta have you can't just talk about nurse burnout. There has to be some sort of like solution with it. Otherwise it's just kind of a drag, you know, it's like drag me down kind of topic. Like, yeah, I'm burned out. Um, and, you know, I'll just give you before you start my own opinion on nurse burnout is a lot of it has to do with nurses lacking purpose um, or, you know, just not understanding their value in the system and, you know, seeing themselves as checking off boxes and seeing the same patients come through and nothing changes and nothing gets improved. And you just keep losing all these, these uh, teammates uh, left and right. And, you know, what is kind of the purpose of, of nursing? And I feel like we've lost that. So I love um, this idea of self-leadership as um, a solution or, you know, um, a, an answer to uh, burnout. And, you know, if you could talk a little bit about what your thought process is on self-leadership, what it is, and how you um, brought it into this program. Well, of course I can, Katie. <laughs> I just need one moment. I, 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 need, I need to get some water. I didn't prepare. If you can give me one moment, I just take me 30 seconds. Okay. That was 30 seconds. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> so... So someone's interested in burnout, and that's great. Uh, and and you're right on, of course. You you, you need, need to, of course, identify a problem or a lack or a gap, uh, and then you have to find a solution <laughs> or a solution. And there's not one solution. And burnout. And I actually don't tell people I talk about burnout. I tell people I talk about well-being because that's now, of course, you know, burnout, resilience, that's a lot of the, the terms now that are, that are used. But when I'm speaking and my program, we don't, I never use those words. I don't use um, those words because I, I don't want, we, we, we don't talk about that. We all know what that is. Everyone, usually, usually, not everyone knows exactly what it is, but it, it can manifest in so many different ways. So this, I, what I find is, and, and this is going to be no newsflash to anybody, Nurses do not need to be told what to do. Nurses do not need busy work. Nurses do, um, we are so used to teaching other people, rescuing, fixing, problem solving, creating. We, we've got this all down. But the thing we don't have down is doing it for ourselves. 
We can tell everybody else what to do, but we don't do it for ourselves. So this idea of self-leadership, first of all, my, just backing up a little bit, my definition of well-being is how do you feel about yourself and what you do every day? How do you feel about yourself? And that's, that, that to me, that is a level of my well-being. How do I feel about myself and what I do every day? And the way that we actually get to a higher level of well-being is by practicing self-leadership. Self-leadership is a relationship you have with yourself. It's leading yourself. It's the decisions you make every single day about, you know, obvious things, how much sleep you get, who you hang out with, what you eat, if you exercise or not, if you take any time for yourself, if you do things that are most important to you, one of your things, Katie, is travel. So it's, it's how you manage yourself and and how and the decisions you make for yourself, which we all know what to do. That's not the issue. The issue is doing it. So this idea of self-leadership is about really shifting your perspective about what does it mean to practice not compassion for everybody else in my life because nurses don't have a problem with that. How do I practice compassion for myself? How do I actually be kind to myself? How do I... How do I slow down enough to actually connect with, with myself? How do I engage with myself? I mean, engage with myself. And you, you, you talked about purpose. You know, if you, if you don't remember why you're doing what you do every day, you are not engaging with your work. You're just showing up and, and, and we've all been there, showing up, putting your time in, wondering how long you can do it. Work's not going to change. You have to change. And so that's why this self-leadership I find so empowering because it's not just, you know, do what you love and the money will come. No, you got to love what you do. And the way we love what we do is we love ourselves. And that is, I mean, we have a good relationship with ourselves. I don't like to say so, um, you know, mamby pamby, love yourself, (laughs) but have a good relationship with yourself and do the things that you need to do to have a good relationship. For your, with yourself so that you feel good about yourself and that's what self-leadership teaches i love it so now this is an eight-week um course that you have people go through so what what is kind of the secret sauce for them um is it about having that positive relationship with yourself um that helps them to have uh epiphanies or or you know make progress um while they're in the course with you yes um, so this is what, the, so I say it's the skills, structure, and support to um, improve your well-being, which we now know because we've done um, IRB studies and we know that it absolutely significantly decreases stress, burnout, increases engagement, increases um, compassion, and increases these self-leadership skills that we teach. So it's nothing, rockets. It's not, a lot of us know about, it's nothing that you don't know about. It's just what we're not doing. So boundaries, <laughs> how long have we been hearing about boundaries and, and that, you know, uh, you know, you don't say no because you're too busy. You say no because you don't want to be too busy. But, but nurses in general, we're not always good at, at saying no because we can and we think we should. And that comes so natural and everybody comes to us because we take care of everybody and everything. So simple things like boundaries, simple things like um, slowing down and you know, realizing, you know, people say all the time, I don't know why I'm so tired. God, I'm so tired. 
you know why you're so tired. Stop for a moment and look at your schedule. Look how much you're sleeping. Look how much, you know, you're running around like a crazy person, like you're living your life like an emergency and treating everything like a crisis, which of course, you know, fast, fast, fast in healthcare, get more done, get more done, get more done. And so uh, just realizing that you you can't keep up. It's not sustainable. And right. then, you know, you're grouchy and blaming every, all the things out of your control, like your boss that you can't get along with and the new policy and, uh, you know, the neighbor that drives you crazy and your staff member that won't do this. I mean, all the things we focus on that, that actually we have no control over. We're not focused on ourselves. So lots of obvious reminders, but it's it's the, the skills are this much. The skills are a very small part of it. It's the structure and support. So the whole program is based on asking a lot of questions. So they do, a, they, so in the eight week program, I mean, and I still do four day trainings and I do keynotes and smaller programs, but in the eight week program, they do a full day of training in person and they're either champions or, or uh, coaches in their organization. They, they learn all the, the basics, they experience the foundation, but then the next eight weeks, they go through four weeks of individual coaching, one-on-one -on -one with me, and then four weeks of group coaching. And that is really where people get to go deep in their own process. And I don't say, okay, today we're going to talk about boundaries. So this is what I want you to do. That's not how it is at all. There's always a, a theme for the week. And the first week is compassion. I start asking questions. And the first, uh, and just the first thing we, we start this session with is, how are you feeling today? And if they can't say good or tired or, or, or overwhelmed because those are just, you know, I mean, those are overwhelmed I allow, but not good or tired because that's just a kind of like an automatic, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. That's what we usually say automatically, right? It means nothing. So I, so that's when we start the coaching call is we're, you know, how, are you exhausted? Are you disappointed? Are you excited? Are you sad? Are you, are you pissed off? You know, where are you? And you know, a lot of, a lot of us don't even know where we are. We're in our heads. We got the list going. We're thinking about what we didn't do correctly. We're thinking about all the stuff we got to do. We don't even know how we feel. It's like, what do you, well, what do you mean how I feel? Well, here's what I mean. How do you feel right now in this moment? How are you feeling about yourself? How are you feeling in your body, you know, in, in your mind, in your emotions? How are you feeling? And that's where it starts. So the wisdom comes from them. It doesn't come from you. I don't, I mean, no one wants to be told what to do. There's no busy work involved, but at the end of the 50 minute session, and this may be you know, very uh, similar to your coaching, Katie, they have an action plan. So what are they going to commit to? from now until the next week, specific to the self-leadership, which we, we, we've talked about because I've woven it in. So that is, it's personalized. It is individualized. It's not cookie cutter, but the principles never change. So the beauty of this is that people can learn it and they can learn how to teach it and they can learn how to coach it because the structure never changes. It's um, skills may be a little bit different. Does, does that help a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So are these people, um, do you work directly with organizations and they send uh, the people that they want or are these individuals that find you and join this program or is it a combination? It's a combination, but um, this is not, this is not everybody, you know, this is not a one size fits all. So 
as you yeah. know, as a coach, not everybody is coachable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? so, so some people you just got to get rid of, like this is not going to work out. Exactly. <laughs> I do not. I, I don't work with people hanging on by their fingernails. This is not a, um, you know, you know, this is kind of the last resort and we're going to have to, you know, get rid of you. This is really for high performers. This is for people who want to continue to um, develop personally and professionally. This is for people who have a real passion around um, change because this, this is who we need to pay attention to, not the people that we, that, you know, that we need to get rid of. And you know, this being a manager, we need to focus on the high performers and how do we keep them and how do we change this culture um, to one of one of well-being and really support it. And the best way, of course, is to start with you know individuals that they can be champions or coaches in their organization. And I and I also have other I've I've had nurses contact me who are interested in this work, but I don't take on one because the group is so is really important. The the first four weeks is individual where they go deep with their own thing. Then the next four weeks we just revisit everything, but in a group setting. You, you, I'm sure you know, you know this already. It's really quite magical to hear their perspective and to hear from your peers. Oh, I'm not the only one, and that they, what they have learned and what their experience has been. So, and and the other thing I didn't mention is we do assessments before, we do assessments after, so we have quantitative and qualitative data to show the organization. Yeah, we move the dial on this, and then at graduation they all. If they if they graduate and it's I'm really strict. This is not something you just kind of sign up for. And if you have time, you know, you've got to really commit to um, the sessions, commit to the process. Uh, and and I interview everybody. Uh, I don't just take a list from the manager or from the organization. Yeah, we think these people be great. I interview them because I, you know, I have vested interest in this. I want their money and their time to be well spent. And at the graduation, there's tears. There's laughter and everything in between because people talk about their um, their experience of the of two months yeah and that's a, that's a breath of fresh air too because there's such a mindset and even in the university setting and i can account for this that you know people are like oh i paid for it so i need to you know i get the credit and i get the, the degree and that this that and the other thing and it's so prevalent that to hear that you know it's you actually have to work uh do the work make the progress in order to graduate. Uh, you know, I think people uh, will live up to that, to that bar, to that level, um, if you put it out there for them. Yeah, yeah. Eyes wide open. I don't want to have any surprises. I don't want them to be surprised. And I don't want to be surprised. And we have, our attrition rate has been really, really minimal. Uh, you know, things happen, of course. And yeah, but uh, it's worth it. It's worth getting, yeah. um, not, I don't mean get rid of, but, you know, to let go of someone where it's not working out because they really, um, they can do a number on you. They can do a number on the group. They can, you know, if it's not working out for them, it's so much less expensive to refund people and have them move on than to try and keep them in and, and do something that they don't really want. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things we have to go through now to actually a, well, to actually part ways with a, a low performing employee, um, which of course is for protection for everybody, but it's, you know, we sometimes we spend too much time on the employees who are underperforming and we don't spend enough attention and time 
Right, right. That's what, you know, I remember there was an ICU thing that we used to have, like, if you thought the patient needed to be intubated, then you should be intubating them. And it, it's kind of like the same thing with employees. If you're thinking that they need to go, they, they probably need to go. <laughs> like, it's it might be time, but, you know, there's always systemic levels of, of stuff. Like, if, if everybody has to go, then there's probably a system level problem. But, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that it's, if it's already in your mind to do it, uh, it's probably better to get it done quicker than than let it drag out with anything and, and the same with you know coming back to you know print, the nursepreneurs there were a lot of things that we invested in a lot of paths I started to take and thought well that just isn't really what I'm wanting you know so that this clarity and and you know I mean being an entrepreneur it takes self-leadership you really have to know yourself and and know how you work and how you want to work and what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Um, it, you know, and that is, that's the journey, right? I mean, haven't you learned a lot about yourself, Katie, since you started your business? Yeah, I've learned things I didn't want to know. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it sent me down this path of like personal development and I'd never done personal. I would have been like, uh, you know, especially working uh, in my 30s in the hospital, I'd have been like, that's such a woo-woo, frou-frou, doo-doo stuff. Like, and now I'm like, oh my God, how did I ever exist without it? Because I have so much trash to deal with. And it it all came out when I was trying to start the business, right? Like, well, I can't do this because well, I don't know, whatever reason was blocking me. And so it, it's been a journey. Yeah. And it, it continues to be as if your journey stops, I think we're done. If yeah. We're growing, um, you know, someone asked me, you know, people ask me all the time, do you get nervous before you go in front of a group? And I said, only every single time because everything's yeah. different. And if I stop getting nervous, I'm done because, and I don't mean throw up in the trash can before I get on stage, but I just mean, you know, cause you never know what worked yesterday. doesn't work today. A different group, different dynamic, different culture, different, you know, different problems, different issues um, that I have no control over. So, you know, I think we continue to um, refine and change and, and learn and grow ourselves. And then we, we pass that on to our, to our clients who's ever in front of us. And, I tell all the coaches, you will learn more from your clients than they will ever learn from you. That's yep. when you're a good coach when you do that. Yep. Continuously, which is why I love it. And I'm sure one of the reasons you love it, because you continue to learn from people. Yes, absolutely. All right, Diane. Uh, so when people, I know people are going to want to talk to you after this. Uh, where can they go to find you to get more information or get in touch with you? So my, uh, my, my uh, URL is easy. It's my name, dianesieg.com. And that's uh, D-I-A-N-E-S-I-E-G.com. And uh, yeah, I'm online and I, I, I do have a complimentary monthly uh, newsletter that I send out a, a, around all, all well-being. I'm very clear um, that, that that's all I talk about and all I, I, um, I teach about and write about. And I, I think, um, and I really believe that uh, this, my topic, and which is, of course I have to believe it, but that the well-being of our nursing workforce has just gotta be a priority. And I think self-leadership is not the only thing, but it's one avenue that can really empower us personally and professionally. And so um, anyone who is, who is interested in knowing more about this, I'd be, I, I welcome the conversation. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you, Katie. Great to meet you. Thank you for all the work that you do for, for,
for nurses and for nurse um, entrepreneurs. Thanks. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.